It's Angela Yee, and I'm telling you right now that the Alive Podcast Network app is the best directory of podcasts created for us by us. From relationships to making money moves, there's a show that'll captivate every listener. And for my fellow Black creatives, this is a call to action to take your brand and monetization to the next level. It's for the culture. Join the movement and sign up today. Sign up today to get a six-month subscription for $20. Visit AlivePodcastNetwork.com, coming soon to iOS and Android. Mindset is important. There's so much a coach can tell you. There's so much um, your management can tell you. If you are not intentional about you wanting to be successful, I wasting everybody's time. Mm. You are wasting whoever is financing you, you are wasting their money. Wow. Whoever is managing you, you are wasting their time. Mm. You understand? Whoever is spending time talking to you, you are wasting the person's time because nothing is going to happen if you don't take action. <sighs> I searched all over the world, struggling to find it. Then I met my boy, David E. Simons. Yeah. I searched all over the world, struggling to find it. Then I met my boy, David E. Simons. Yeah. Welcome to another episode of How I Discovered My Gift with yours truly, David D. Simons. I have the impeccable honor of having Lukeman Akambi on our show today. Let me tell you a little bit about Lukeman first from his bio, then I'm gonna tell you a little bit about him personally as a relationship that we've built over this, this time. So Lukeman Akambi, AKA The Switch, is an accomplished entrepreneur slash business leader and coach with over 20 years of management, strategy, product and service development, delivery and operational experience in a variety of industries, including telecommunication, hospitality, and entertainment. He is known for his ability to transform entrepreneurs into successful business owners who are able to scale their organizations consistently. Over the years, he's been fortunate to have and had an illustrious and adventurous career in hospitality, entertainment, and youth-focused empowerment ventures that promote fashion, music, arts, African culture in Dubai, Canada, and Nigeria. He has also spent a, over a decade building what is known as the Kiza brand in Nigeria, Dubai, Kenya, and Toronto. This includes the Kiza restaurant in Dubai and Kenya, the first, I need to repeat this two times, the first five-star African restaurant in the world. The first five-star African restaurant in the world with over 25 million in combined annual revenues, employing over 150 staff and serving over 20,000 customers since its inception in 2013. The Keys of Music and Entertainment brand, a full service independent music label founded in 2013 to showcase African music and culture, as well as the talented artists from Africa. The Keys of Music and Entertainment brand was also the logistic support partner to the Golden Eaglets, Nigerian under 17 soccer team, in 2013 during the under 17 FIFA World Cup in the United Arab Emirates. Through Kiza Music and Entertainment, he has been able to connect and empower youth through program and events in fashion, music, and arts while promoting African culture alongside the diversity of UAE. In Canada, Kiza Music and Entertainment operates yearly events across major cities in Canada and partners with Music Africa to promote and produce AfroFest, the largest annual African cultural festival in North America with over 80,000 visitors annually showcasing A-list 
artists from Nigeria and parts of the other parts of Africa and the world. Some of these events are in collaboration with different event producers globally, and it presents a platform for over 500 exciting local, national, and international artists to showcase their art in Toronto. Lukeman prides himself on being um, some on um, being someone who consi consistently and constantly learns new things. As a res result of this, he's able to consistently bring new ideas and strategies to his client situations. It is also for this reason that he has taken so keenly over the years into teaching because through teaching others, he's been able to sustain his own learning journey. Lukeman is also an alumni of the University of Ife, uh, Ile Ife, Nigeria, and Harvard Business School, Boston, USA, and, and in 1999 was put in charge of building teams, growing market share and penetration, as well as expansion and revenue generation for Wireless Trade Group Incorporated, a Canadian telecoms company based in um, Mississauga, I'm going to mess this up, Mississauga, Ontario, Canada. Uh, he spent the first five years building and positioning the business in his capacity as CEO and expanded into Africa, partnering with major telecom telecommunication operators and retailers, growing the company's revenues from 100,000 to over 12 million within this time period. Wireless Trade Group then went on to become a major partner to telecommunication, technology, and mobile industries across Africa, distributing over 3 million mobile phones in Africa. Lukman realized early on that being able to help people with problem-solving skills is one of the most valuable things a person can learn on their road to success. This is another skill set that Lukman has developed over the years while working with entrepreneurs, business owners, and people who have made the decision to transition from a corporate career into their own line of work. As a business coach, Lukman enjoys educating, mentoring, and working with his community business owners and their teams to achieve their ideal vision for their company while helping them to create a thriving, profitable, well-structured, and process-oriented business. Lukman's passion, patience, and skill for being able to formulate right strategy at the right moment are what allows him to be known as the switch to integrate his clients' needs with their goals in a holistic manner. He now spends his time coaching and mentoring clients from startups to seasoned entrepreneurs who have all the same objective in mind to succeed and live of the life they've always dreamed of. And at the heart of it all, Lukman always is interested in learning from and interacting from uh, with others while connecting with like-minded individuals. Welcome to the show, Lukman. Thank you, thank you, David. That was wow. <laughs> <laughs> that was your life. That that is your life and all that you uh, do, sir. So we're we're grateful and honored to have you on. And uh, quite an amazing background and amazing things that you're doing here. Um, and and I know we went over some parts of it, but um, Lukman, if you could just you know take us tell us about the journey. You know, um, people see the success and, and the things you've been able to achieve and great things and. On how I discovered my gift, the show, we, we like to, to get a little bit uh, more of the story side. Just talk, take us back to when you were a young child to, to now and, and how that whole journey took place. Oof. I I believe um, I'm, we got six hours for this show. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> my, my life is a storybook. Mm. Um, but you know what? I'm going to share not the summary but the forward you know when you buy a mag when you buy a book <laughs> that is the forward <laughs> right. uh, i'm gonna try and summarize it as, as much as i can um um 
Look, man, I can't be what am I? I'm from um, born in Nigeria. I'm in the 60s. I'm from a family of eight. I have um, other five other siblings. Um, from a very monogamous family, one man, one wife. <laughs> so I, I grew up in that that environment, strict ideals, middle class family. Um, my father was um, a nine to five guy. Um, no social interaction, just him and his family. My mom was uh, an entrepreneur that had many stores, and you know, she was into trading. Um, so I believe I leaned more towards my mom growing up in terms of the traits I was developing and the interest I had. I was more in tune to business than anything more. But I also had a lot of my dad's traits, which was the brilliance. Um, so I was a very, very smart and brilliant child. Um, so obviously um, in, in the 60s and the 70s, any brilliant child most they, they start thinking for you doctor architect engineer you know um so obviously that was the part my dad was you know architecturing for me and um, to be uh, to be an engineer um based on my based on my iq but it wasn't really my interest um growing up my interest was more into entertainment i love playing music um and um, that actually, my name is Lukman, which is a Muslim name. Um, but as age of 10 years old, I started going to church because they don't play music in mosque, but they play music in church. So by 10 years old, I was already a member of the choir. Um, so uh, that's what I loved. Um, but I still had to do what I needed to do to, you know, to, to get my father to sponsor me, which is what I did, everything he wanted. I studied computer science um, until I left the country in 1992. Um, for the shores of Asia, um, based on social, based on economy, was economy was going down in Nigeria. There was a lot going on in Africa at that time, so I decided to you know to, to jump the boat, and I ended up in Hong Kong. <clears throat> Obviously, that's that's pretty much the first time. I mean, and in Hong Kong was a different experience because I ended up in Hong Kong more like just go explore it. I didn't know anybody. I had no contacts. Um, it's not like I was going to, somebody was waiting to, to, to welcome me when I arrived at the shores of Hong Kong, nobody. I just had an address of the hotel I was going. Um, so it was pure exploratory um, and it was good that I did that because that helped me to find myself with no other influences. Um, I had the opportunity to, to go to Europe. And in fact, I was going to Europe. I was just supposed to go to Hong Kong, just go check it out for a couple of weeks and come back and settle into Europe where my brother, my cousins were all settled and they all had this, their plan for me, <laughs> you know, but getting into Hong Kong, you know, I saw that this is what I loved all my life. Trading city, I love trading, you know, um, for the first time I could see my, I could see the light bulb light up in my, you know, I could see renewed energy, you know, something you can't feel, you're, you, you know, you can't sleep, you want to wake up because there's so much to learn. This is what I love, but I've not been able to learn it. Um, all I know about trading has been with my mom's business because I, because I really enjoy trading. So I knew a lot about my mom's business. I knew the ups and downs, I mean, through our businesses, like all business people. Um, she's got, she got a, a shop bought twice. Um, bounced to the ground and um, I think the first time she didn't even have insurance so 
I've seen all that stages. I've seen how she pulled through, how she was able to leverage relationships um, to get back onto her feet, you know, and then from the first mistake, what she was able to safeguard. So when the second incident did happen, I saw how it was an easier transition for us to get out of that mess because we had proper insurance in place. And so I learned all of this while I was not even like 15 years old or 12 years old. Um, I did my first business transaction at the age of seven. You know, where actually, yes, I completed a full sale and I set up a new supply chain for my mom um, at the age of seven. <laughs> so I knew this is this is this is really me. This is this is what lights me up. But then my dad had his own plans, and because he felt I was so brilliant, I could achieve that. So when I got to Hong Kong, that was the first thing I did. Um, started looking. I was excited about the trading, so I like you know what I ain't going back to Germany. I'm staying here. Started looking at how I can stay there. Um, found, found. I mean, that's and like I said, it's not going to be a storybook. It's just going to be summary. <laughs> I also built, um, while I was in Hong Kong, I found a, uh, an all-black band, which I joined immediately. I realized the, the, the percussionist was no percussionist. Um, they were all Africans and an and, and black American. So I joined them. I became a band. So here was I in Hong Kong, less than a month in Hong Kong. I already fulfilling some of my passion. We're already coming out and I, I had the opportunity and the avenue to, to, to fulfill them. I didn't even think I forgot totally about Germany, um, and and that's how my view my life started formulating itself. And uh, from Hong Kong, I got married in Hong Kong, left Hong Kong to have my first child to Canada because my wife is Canadian, and um, now family was coming it was important for us to have family around us to to raise a family. Um, Nigeria was still a no go area. It's not like this economy is improving there, so we decided you know what, let's go to Canada. Um, at that time, I had actually run a very successful um, entertainment and computer science business because that's what I learned living in Nigeria. So it was still fresh in my mind. So I was doing a lot of um, ad, ad drive export back to Nigeria, which is where I knew a lot of people. So I had, I had very good business going on. I was liquidity wise, I was very okay. Um, so moving to Canada for me was very, wasn't like most experience most people had. Um, I came from Hong Kong. I came as a as an immigrant, emigrant. So I came with my people papers because I was I was married to a Canadian. Um, so I came here. I had my money, so I was able to like start my business. Um, but then I had my own transition challenges too. My wife was from the French part of Canada, which is Montreal, and uh, I didn't speak a word of French. <laughs> so that's where I landed in Canada. And that's where the only family we knew and had was. So I had to adjust. So coming into Canada, I didn't quickly jump into spending my money because I know that I have to learn so many things. So first thing was, you know, thank God I had enough money to sustain me. Uh, and then Canada also has a lot of programs to sustain families like myself. Um, so I went back to school um, to study, to, to learn French. That was the first thing I did for, I think, six months. Of being in Canada and um, my, my daughter, my first daughter came. So I was pretty much a daddy and a student for the first um, five, five, six months of me staying in Canada. Um, then I, I, I joined Electrolos. That was actually my, that was probably my, my most interesting job and my only job in Canada. Electrolos Canada, um, 
they sell vacuum cleaners. It was a sales company and it was all commission based. But I was kind of bored staying at home when I finished um, my, my French classes. I wasn't really good. I can't speak French like that, but I just needed to be out there to practice. Um, so I took on the job and I started doing door to door. And um, I realized I became, I think, the third best in Canada, um, top best salesman in Canada. And it's so funny, the beauty of my sale was not because I was good at selling electric, um, it was not because I was good at selling the vacuum, it was because I was intentional about speaking French. So when I go knock on your door, I start, bonjour, you know, I have my pitch, and that's all I know in French. Then <laughs> <laughs> the rest goes from the little words to sign language. <laughs> but I'm so honest, so now they now start looking in the house, so who can speak French, who can... So I create so much attention around my my how could i call it my uh, my lack of being able to speak the language and the product speaks for itself and that was a good thing because i couldn't speak the language they're not asking me too many questions to distract and they, they, they were focusing on the product and the benefits of the product and that was how i was selling i'm telling you i was like wow and people were like even i get people going with me to go see what i'm doing and when they come out like they don't how did you just sell that I said, I don't know, because we don't speak too much. <laughs> and to sell a vacuum, it was very easy. All I just needed to show you was show you how dust and show you how it's going to affect your life. How, you know, just simple things. But because they are not distracted with... I don't. I can't create a rapport. My rapport is the fact that I can't speak French. Mm. That's the only rapport I needed to do. And then I still go dive straight into the program. You know, and so that gave me a bit of confidence. Then... Um, Another opportunity came to to join a logistics company. Somebody I met, he had a logistics company, and that was my first business. And they had this logistics plan. I wanted to set up a logistics company um, called Kit Korea at that time. Uh, and they needed last last money, last milestone money. Um, so I gave the money to them, um, and I became like a partner. But I didn't join the business right away. So immediately I registered at Concordia University. I went to study supply chain management because I didn't know anything. Uh, but I did invest. But I, then I studied. I did a, it was a crash course for six months. So when I finished that course, I now brought my ideas into the business. And um, I did that till 90, I think it was 98, 98, that we got bought out by Aramis. Um, Aramis bought out the company and then I now decided I was going to look at what next to do and that brought me to telecoms. When I got that payout, I got that big payout um, from my shares and I bought um, what, I don't know if you remember what they used to call uh, Mike. I think in, in it used to be called Nextel then. Oh, okay, yeah. Yes, it used to be called Nextel. So they had in, in Canada and um, they had what they, they called Mike. It was the same thing, Motorola, you know, talk and push and talk phone and yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You can do it like a walkie-talkie and and yeah. stuff. So I bought I bought that franchise, um, a, a retail a retail franchise of Clearnet. They used to be called Clearnet then, because I found that very interesting. And because I was coming from the supply chain world, you know, I already saw the value of you know how I can easily sell that. Because I, I knew a lot of companies that would benefit from that. I knew other Korea companies, you know, so. That was why I bought Clarinet, and um, and that was why I started my telecom journey. Um, 1999, moved to Toronto, 
um, moved, hooked up with a friend of mine that was also in the telecoms company. Um, but it was, it was working with competition, which was Rod. At that time, they were AT&T. So it was an AT&T distributor, but it was doing so much bigger than I was doing. Um, so we spoke, and um, at that time, also the accessory business was was extremely booming, right? And then I still had a lot of cash in Hong Kong, so we took a trip to Hong Kong together, and I took him to the market. The guy was just going crazy with the prices that we had in there. I'm like, really, 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 and that's how we started Wireless Trade. Um, we started from there. Um, you know, brought a container of accessories. Um, from I think we paid maybe about thirty thousand. That was our first inventory, and and we took that into too many millions of dollars. Um, from Wireless Street, took me back to Africa, and um, from there, from Africa, I did telecoms, and I grew into so many countries in Africa. And um, logistics was one of the reasons why I left. Um, because for me to travel from Nigeria, because that was my, that was where my base was, and I had clients in Bamako, I had clients in Bubanjo, um, Bujumbura, you know, in some weird, weird places in Africa. And at that time, in connection, air, air traffic connection in Africa is crazy. If I go do a meeting in Banjo, I can't come back for another week. I have to stay there for a week because the flight from Nigeria to Banjo is once a week. So the guy that goes. Is come back until the following Wednesday, you know, and all those silly, silly things. So anytime I go to Banjo and I have to use a car by road, I will do Senegal, I will do, um, I will do Gogadugu, all by road, then come back to catch my flight. So then I realized, I think, um, went on holiday, it was 2006, we went on, we on holiday, family holiday in Dubai. And I was just paying attention to Emirates. And I was like, wow, these guys go from here to almost everywhere <laughs> that I do business. You know, you know, what does it take to move here? You know, so I did an inquiry. I realized it took it just took money. <laughs> and it was also a tax-free, um, tax-free place. At that time I had a real estate project I was um I was doing in Nigeria. So I couldn't move immediately. Um, I had to finish the project, which I finished in 2008, early 2008. And by June 2008, I was already in Dubai. Two months after I finished the project, I moved my family into it, in one of the units. Um, and I moved to Dubai. And by December, my family joined me. And that's how Dubai started. But then, the, the beauty was when I now got to Dubai, um, I didn't have any staff with me. My staff were all remote. So I've been practicing social distancing for quite a while. <laughs> So my, my staff were all remote in different African countries. And I actually realized that I had a lot of time in my hands while I was in Dubai. Um, because all I do was read reports. I attend meetings and occasionally or uh, I travel and come back. But when I'm in Dubai, I had a lot of time in my hands. And then that was where this whole Africanism thing come in. How do I... And Dubai was, you know, be, getting bigger and bigger for African people who were coming to do business there. You know, we're transiting through there. You know, the guy was was pumping up, you know, and like, you know what, this might be a good place for me to start changing the narrative. That was where I got the notion. Let's start changing the narrative. We are the biggest spenders globally, but nobody's presenting our own situation well. All we do is take money and go spend it in all the other places. And they were not, you know, because nobody has created this environment whereby 
the the rich and mighty from our our places can bring people you know um to come and entertain and you know so a lot of things were happening and i remember that um the vice president of nigeria at that time came which i did the host i hosted that whole event and at the end of the day we had to go to a taj mahal restaurant and and i'm like you know so that was one of the reasons i started building the enter- even the entertainment space we'll go to the nightclubs where the ones spending the biggest money and then we'll do a request that okay at least give us one afro beat music they would just play 30 seconds so when they play the 30 seconds we are all excited it would, and it used to be mp um, square that time do me do oh, me yeah. so they would start with do me do me all of us will expect that oh man we spend so much money 30 seconds the time is done wow and then we'll go straight to gahu and then from gahu finish and I'm like, we can't be spending money like this. And these guys are not represent, they're not recognizing us. So, um, so I decided I was going to take it on. I went to Hamika, um, which was one of because I didn't want to take it on because we have all these our own stupid clubs too. That you know, that's all we're always doing things in the watering hole. All our stuff are actually in, in, always in the bundles, in the ghetto. So we do have our stuff happening in the ghetto, but on the mainstream, nobody was recognizing us, and that's where all our money is going. People are going to spend in the on the mainstream when they go to our own stuff in the ghetto, they just go there and just decoded and don't spend like that. So I went to Amica and I approached Amica for a restaurant. He refused. He said he doesn't believe in the program. Okay, you know what? You are closed on Sundays, right? He said, Yes. Okay, why don't I buy your Sundays? Sunday? Everybody's closed on Sunday. I said it's okay. I pay you, I buy your Sunday. And that's how we started Swagger Sunday. And then when we closed the deal, unfortunately for me also, it was the first Formula One in Abu Dhabi that weekend was our opening. And uh, so I had a lot of people from all over Africa that were my friends, um, acquaintances that were already coming for the Formula One. So it was perfect for me um, to launch uh, my brand at that same weekend. And the sales the guy saw that weekend we made in one night what he does in three months he couldn't believe it the guy went banana <laughs> it went with, with it, 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 i mean the guy went bad because good thing was they supply him every sunday because sunday is the first working day of the week in dubai so he gets his talking every sunday accounts people come in stuff people come in and this and they open on monday for for the week we finished all the supply by on that night because champagne finished, um, some high top, all these top end drinks finished. Oh, the guy couldn't believe it. Um, this is a guy that will probably sell two ways of spade in a week. Sold all his ways of spade in one night. Then the guys dump, they gangrene to Domperion, bought everything, then went to uh, Belacat, Belacat, um, Elizabeth Kouvé, Rosé bought everything. The guy was like, what is going on? <laughs> and, and pretty much that's how we developed the African scene. Um, a year later, I opened Kiza, got a bit of knowledge. That's another experience I want to tell people. Uh, when you now open your own business, now you know you are now alone. The dream is yours, so you are alone. So there are some moments that I had many lonely moments where it was just me alone and I had to figure it out. <laughs> I had many people throwing the towel. Um, my first partners that started the brand with me are not, are not my current partners. Um, so we are going to have those moments for all entrepreneurs listening to this. 
Um, but what has kept me true to, to, to seeing this is because I was passionate about it and I was open to ideas. I was not rigid that because it was my dream and then it got to be my way. No, I was ready and ready to listen to anybody um, from my cleaner to my GM. I all welcome to bring in ideas that could pivot us. And, and I don't just listen to ideas, I try them. You know, so I think that's one of the things that really helped me with uh, all those um, low tide and um, and also helped us create opportunities and see different solutions, you understand, to be able to move forward. And because um, at some point, I could tell you for free, um, my, my investors actually at one point, I think it was about six, seven months into the business, my current partners at that time threw in the tower and, and they advised me at the board meeting that we shut the door. Yeah, because they didn't have the passion for the business. They didn't understand the business. They didn't have the passion for it. And they, they were hospital, they were, they, they, they were hoteliers. So they, they understood the hotel business in Africa, um, but didn't understand this thing in Dubai. So when, after they put in the first money and I, and I did a cash call, they didn't understand why I should be doing a cash call six months into the business. You know, so, but that was enough to kill the dream, but not for me, no. It was just now I needed to understand that, okay, there are no more available. So next, what am I going to do next? But the dream must go on because we've done six months. We've gotten so many testimonials. We've gotten so many people raving about what we're doing. Uh, we may not have enough people coming in now to keep our business alive. But, hey, we have people raving about, about what we're doing. So it, that was enough. I just needed to tweak it more and say, okay, now what do we do more? Um, so we started, you know, we introduced more an entertainment um, event and entertainment arm into our business. We introduced live music, um, weekly live music into our... So we started, you know, ideas were coming. Um, and I think one of the pivots of it also was when we introduced our Kiza Professional Network. Um, that that tribe was now really what sustained us. Because once we launched that Kiza Professional Network, um, so we now had a bunch of um black people working in dubai part of that network and from there we we're able to scale up our business to them um we we're able to we it was because of them we started our delivery um because now we're able to we have i think it was about time about 45 people that subscribe to it so we already have 45 people we can service for lunch so we we're able to do lunch packages and you know that helped us in many ways we were able to you know people were coming in to do different things um uh, and fact that we had a huge community of, of people that were there also events different events were coming you know these ones that wants to do art gallery they will book they will get so we opened up our space for people to come and use it uh, and then once they can guarantee that we have a a, a, a minimum bar spend but what was happening now is they were bringing different people from different walks of life into our space mm. and now people were knowing about our space people were seeing the great service we're offering people were you know enjoying the food and they were coming back on their own and today um still servicing people <laughs> you know still servicing people in both places um, and yeah, that's a nutshell. It's, um, it's, it's me. 2016, I went into a semi-retired mode, um, moved back to Canada um, just to spend more time with the family. And um, 2019, I came out of retired mode 
to manage my daughter when she decided she was going to go professional as a musician because I'm a musician too so I managed her and then 2021 actually a few weeks ago she got nominated um for the Juno Awards um so that's 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 me Tome. check up for check her Spotify check her uh run her songs she's an amazing artist yes, 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 yes. thank you thank you so wow. that's me I hope I have not bored everybody listening no, that's um, great. That, that gives us an overview because you, you, you have a journey that's multifaceted, so many different pieces. And, and we're going to dive into a few things, a, a few aspects about um, each of the, you know, components of because you're you're a business person, but you're also an artist, which is also very right. rare. Um, but I, I want you to kind of hone in on something because there's multiple multiple facets to you. You're multifaceted, multi-talented. Um, what do you believe your gift is? And and secondly, how did you identify it? Um I believe now I know. I don't I know my gift is impacting people. Um how did I identify it consciously? I identified it during COVID. Mm. Um subconsciously I've lived my life wanting to impact people. Um as young as at the age of 12. I am the one that will, I am the, you know, the, what we call like a private lesson teacher for all the younger ones. So in the evenings, I, all our, all the youngest, all our younger siblings of the neighbor, I teach them maths. It's in my schedule. You understand? So, so I've always, now my friends also, uh, amongst my peers, I am not the one that has all the cars or the nice nice things because my family like i said we're just middle class but i always looking to help people improve whatever they are trying to do right from when i was young um so if going into my businesses too i thought i was a good businessman but no i was just good at building people and that was what was making my business thrive so every business I've been going into, I was always looking to help people grow, build people, help people grow. Um, but I wasn't seeing that until COVID. All I could, I was still said, uh, I mean, I knew, understand, I understand the dynamics of business that to grow, to grow your business, you have to grow both your internal clients and your external clients. I knew that from my mom, way back from my mom, you know, so I knew that as a business thing, but I didn't know how the impact that had in me, that I had more impact my goal was more the internal clients than the external clients. The external clients were just the results I was getting from the impact of my internal clients. Mm. You know, so I thought my goals were... Can you break that principle down for us? Because I don't think... Because some people might not understand that principle. You know, you've taught... So you've taught me about that principle and it's such a powerful... But can you just explain that a little more? Expound on the internal clients versus external clients? Yes. Um, when I say internal clients, for every businessman, any business entrepreneur, you have two two clients are your core clients um your clients everybody sees the people that are going to buy your service or products right and that's where most people most businesses spend all their marketing dollars you know marketing messaging and marketing dollars and all their promo budgets and everything another critical client that you have is your team which is your internal clients because they are the ones that are going to sell your products or they are going to sell your service, or they are going to deliver your service. So you have to put as much effort into developing them. They have to buy into your vision. 
They have to know about your mission and they have to be empowered with the right tools to help you achieve your vision and measure. You understand? So you have to always have a budget for their training. It's very, very important because you have to pay attention to them. You have to understand their personal goals. You have to be able to delegate responsibilities where they can see a personal career path growth for themselves. So I pay so much attention too to my personal clients. In fact, that what drives me to be quite honest. But I don't realize. You understand? I think it's the goal that was driving me, and and, and the technique to achieve my goals was making sure that my internal clients were very sound. Mm. That was what I thought until COVID. Um, so um, during um, prior to COVID, um, I said I, I told you guys I was into semi-retirement, but I didn't really semi-retirement was because I was not active in anything anymore, and I now decided I was going to be focused on volunteering work. So I did that for two years. I was just volunteering as a mentor, volunteering at so many many local community in Canada here, and that's what I was doing for two years, just a pure volunteer, um, and. Why was I volunteer? Because I needed to impact people. I didn't realize all this <laughs> until when I couldn't leave my house. Wow. You understand? It was when I didn't, I couldn't leave my house, and I realized how lonely I was. Not because I wasn't making money. Even while I was doing COVID, I was still doing the reason I was living. But it wasn't about the money. And I started seeing that hole, that drain. You understand? Uh -huh. I've impacted. I've impacted everybody in my house. They are now tired of my impact. I'm now pushing everybody out of the into the edge. <laughs> wow! So I get it. So it's, like, it's like all the times when you were working and you were building the business. The one common denominator was the fact that you were training and building people up, for, even from yes. a young age. And, you know, yes. in telecoms and Kiza and all the music and restaurant everywhere. I mean, I can, I can, I can give you on and on and on from. People that have, that have come to me as a fresh graduate or a fresh immigrant, and they are now major CEOs, major business owners, and and, and stuff. Some are still giving me business opportunities, you know. Um, some are, you know. So that is what I, and I think this talk, this this always talk is always from my mom because my mom believed in empowering people. She always has this belief that when you can empower five thousand people, you already have a country. You understand? So growing up, she was always doing that. I mean, there was a lot of business mistakes that I felt that she did, but based on that old empowering, trying to empower people. But when she does business mistakes, when she has a business setback, it's people that still bring her up. Mm. So I learned the value of people from very young. That's beautiful. Very, very young age, you know? So, um, so that, that, I think, has been the key for me. Mm. You know, you, uh, and that has been my driver. So when COVID came, I couldn't um, interact with people. I started looking out okay, what can I do to interact with people online? You understand? This is new now. Um, I started pushing my daughter to start doing live streaming, and she was doing live stream. I started live streaming myself, but I didn't know what I was talking about. You know, so um, one of my live streams, and um, I now saw one of my two of my very old childhood friends, old friends, um, they're now coaches. So I was listening to their, they were doing an Instagram live. I'm listening to everything they're saying, oh, this, this sounds interesting. I kept me there for one hour. Okay, maybe this is a good way. Let me go and find out about this coaching thing. And I called up um, the Catalyst, because um, he started the coaching business in Nigeria. 
So I called him up and hey dude, what's up? This is your coaching thing. I just heard your blah blah blah. I'm bored. What can we do? I said, well, you know, he gave me a session. I did I paid for the session, did my session and from that session he made me realize what I was missing. And that was when I became conscious of it. But I have always been subconscious about it, but I didn't know. I became conscious of it from that my coaching call with the catalyst. That's powerful. So yeah. so so what can take take me back to like if you were to 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 speak to young uh youth all around the world if they could find their gift consciously what would you, knowing now what you know what would you tell them to point them to find their gift consciously find out your why find out your why because if I had taken a minute to understand my why, I would have found out this long time ago. So find out and try to understand the reason, the why you do what you do. A lot of us think we know, like it's as simple as a young kid or you're, you're coming out of school and you're going to work. Why are you going to that work? Is that place you are going, that place of work you are going, is, do you, are you excited to go there? or you are going there for money. You understand? If it's just purely for money, what would you rather be doing? If money was not the issue, what would you rather be doing? What will make you excited that you want to wake up to every morning? And I can tell you, if you can answer that question, the day you answer that question, start on that journey. I will tell you one thing for free, anybody that is listening to this. There is no journey that you start that it is going to be successful, that is not going to be rough in the beginning. The, but when you have those rough patches, there will always be comfort exit for you. It's important for you to stay focused on your why. Because if you go and take that shortcut or that exit, 20 years later, you are going to regret that decision. Trust me. 20 years later, 30 years later, you will have found that. And if I know a lot of my friends now, 30 years later, that they found that their life has been empty. They've lived a rudimentary life. They've lived for bills all their lives because they've not been able to take that bold step to challenge that two, three months. The two, three months are going to come. There are two, three months that will come. I've slept in the park, guys. I've slept on bunk bed. I've squatted. But you have to pay those price when you are when you know where you want to go. My daughter, that's the, she. At some point, I told her, not because she needed, but I needed her to 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 understand. Go and do Uber Eats. You are a musician. I know you are a musician. So people don't react to, but nobody sees you when you are delivering food on their doorstep. Go and do Uber Eats. So at least now you 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 because you're, you're not you're not making money right now. You can't be home. So you have to take those. You have to get yourself out of uncomfortable. And why did I push her to go do Uber Eats? Because she was not being creative anymore. She was at home. There was no inspiration. But the moment I pushed her and convinced her to start doing Uber Eats, she was now driving. She was out of the house. She was seeing people, and then she started recording. And then we recorded this song that gave us the the Juno, Juno nominee, the Juno nominee. Wow. wow. You understand what I'm saying? So, it is defining your why. Once, if you know your why and take action towards it. Mm. 
That's good. That's good. That's what I can advise anybody. And that's what I'm telling all the youngies that once you define, once you understand what triggers them, what makes them not want to be able to sleep. You see, gone are the days whereby we were brought up where people are trying to define our career path for us. The society today embraces your talent and your parents and peers and the community are ready to support your talent. For you have to be sure that this is what you want to do. Once you're sure this is what you want to do, there are tons of support out there. You know, people like us, we are all out there ready to dish. And, and trust me, and that's another, that's another uh, myth that everybody thinks that people are not going to help me. That's bullshit. A lot of people, a lot of older guys are there. They are willing and looking for ways to share their wealth of experience. Wow. And you'll be surprised if you approach them how they will gladly, gladly accept to mentor you. You'll be surprised. I have never turned anybody back. You understand? But not many people come to ask. Yeah. You understand? And I have friends like that too that we would love to mentor people. But when nobody... So, People, young people need to know the importance of mentorship. If I had a mentor, I would have discovered my why maybe 25 years ago. And I'll be talking different. I'll probably be one of the biggest coaches ever. Because this is really naturally what I was meant to be. But that. I didn't know what until I met a coach. <laughs> in my 50s. How about that? In my, my mid-50s. And I met a coach only for me to realize. That's so guys, take advantage of mentorship. It's very, very important. And that's what I would advise any young person right now starting life. Yeah. Whoever you think that you, you you can reach out to to mentor you, please, but make sure you qualify who is mentoring you. Get the right mentorship. Okay, but you every youth needs a mentor so that they don't have to use 20 years to get to where they can get to in three years. Wow, that's that's gold. I, you dropped a gem, a major gem on them, and I hope the listeners are heeding to that. He really, really he gave you a gem there to 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 get mentorship is the is the shortcut right to getting to where you want to go faster. Mentorship and coaching, absolutely. And and along with that, right, because there, there there's there's an element. Of, you know, matter what, what what a person's gift is, like like you impacting people. Um, you know, some people have music, music, music giftings. There, there's one thing that I see, and, and we see it in the lives of even amazing artists like Beyonce. I guess won so many Grammys now, but but the 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 common denominator that that nobody can get away from is the uh, hard work component uh, to to develop themselves. And 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 I don't think sometimes people realize, you know, what all, all the hard work that went in behind the scenes to develop a Kiza restaurant. All the high work that goes in to develop a band which you had in, at, that you had in, in Hong Kong. All the hard work that goes, the, the development process. So could you speak on that process of just developing whatever your gift, whatever your talent, whatever you have, the hard work and the discipline and the development you have to put in to, to take it to the next level? Like, like everything, um, don't let nobody lie to you that um, there's luck. There's no luck. You determine your luck, you know, and um, you can be you can be fortunate, but you cannot soar. For you to reach your your maximum potential, you can. There's no shortcuts. 
You understand? Um, I'm going to start with talent. I'm going to mention a few people. You mentioned Beyonce already. I'm going to mention uh, Cristiano Ronaldo. I'm going to mention Michael Jordan. Um, LeBron James, because of the current times. These are talented. Um, Tiger Woods also. I can mention Tiger Woods. These are all talented people that with extraordinary achievement. I didn't say extraordinary talent. Extraordinary achievement. Because there is talent, and I can tell you for free, Michael Jordan might not be the best ever, but he had the extraordinary achievement, and that makes him the best ever. One of the best ever. How did he get his extraordinary achievement? It's a lot of things. Discipline. It comes to the... It, 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 um, Cristiano Ronaldo, uh, Cristiano Ronaldo. He gets to the practice one hour before everybody. He leaves the practice one hour everybody, after everybody. And they're all in the same team. And he's the best. So why is it that the best is one that gets there earlier and leaves later? Those are the things you have to understand. There is no shortcut. Same thing with Michael Jordan. They're on the road. All the rest of the team, they're going partying. What's Michael Jordan doing? He's watching the replay in his hotel room. I mean, we've, we've all seen it from the from this from his movie on Netflix. Right. He's watching the replay in his hotel room. Beyonce. Michael knows is my friend. And I know what it took the daughter to through. It was his work. You have to, you know, she wakes up in the morning and she has her 10 hours of work to do. So the results we're seeing now, she didn't, she, she, she didn't you know, a lot of people just want to become Beyonce. What age did Beyonce start to sing? Are they aware? What has she done? Don't forget, uh, Beyonce started with Destiny Child. You understand? She was not the only one in Destiny Child. How come she became the biggest? She wasn't the most talented in Destiny Child. How come she became the biggest? Mm. Her work ethics was what determined her achievement. Her work ethics was what brought, what brought her achievement to where it is today. You understand? So, guys, talent is good. But it's only 25% of the, of, the, of the thing. Talent. I'm not discounting your talent, guys. I tell my daughter all the time. And she, if you ask my daughter now, she will tell you two years after. That talent is just 25%. Mm. And the moment you accept that, then you will keep pushing yourself. Wow. That's... Then you will not think that you are the one. You are, you are bringing nothing to the table. As a musician, if you come to me right now and thinking because you have the... So you can go and sell it. This is your talent is going to die on your laptop. Mm. There is a lot that is involved to get your music out and then to get it to chart and then to get it to number one and then to get it to be noticed. And there is a lot involved. Yes. It's not just your music. Your music is just yeah, it's good creation. Yes. That's it. That, that's, that's so good because... Uh, thank you for breaking that down. Twenty-five. I hope people are listening to that. That twenty-five percent talent, because this is this is coming from from you who you know who, who's who's done this in multiple industries. But but 
the other aspect that we didn't go dive into is that you're you're also in the music industry and as as you manage your daughter but you've also been behind some of the biggest brands in afro beats and beyond like um Wizkid and burner boy and and, and 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 so many others um and and so i think this question kind of kind of parlays back into what we were saying so there's a talent aspect there's a hard work aspect but also you could work hard and have good talent but not market effectively and still not meet the price so so i think the last phase that we talked about with 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 somebody's gift is how do you market that gift or market yourself or market your you know effectively because there i'm sure there are many artists that are probably you know at home singing that could be better than some of the artists that we even listen to today and same with sports too many too many 100% too many and and the key thing for that is um i actually have a ebook out on that uh, the key thing about that is number one, mentorship is very key management is very key cuz that's what's going to help you develop those habits those uh, discipline is going to help you tailor your brand right um once you have those two things good management and then you have good guidance um that know what they're doing i think now with your own talent okay you guys are already 40 55% you're not 100 yet no you're just 55% then if you are able to hard finance to it you gain another 10% so you're now 65 but that's 35% is the critical that will take you to where you are going is mindset is more important than your talent is more important than your team is more important than the guidance your mindset mm. so for you to be a successful artist that wants to be on that level you must claim that 25% for from your talent and then claim the 35% from your mindset so you are coming to the table with 60% and everybody would like to work with you when you have that i'll give you an example you have the best management but you don't do what they tell you you have the best guidance but you don't do what they, you don't take action on what they advise you you understand everybody is running down the, everybody is running into a hole nobody is moving forward <laughs> you, you know what i mean so when 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 the uh, when management can come and tell you because the job of the management is to optimize your environment so you got to drop this guy drop that guy drop that guy they're not good for your brand you know and you don't listen to them you, you understand you need to wake up and take a walk you don't listen to them you need to post i will give you an example when covid when covid hits this where mindset is very important when covid hits before covid it my daughter had performed physical stage for the two stages including opening for top all the top african artists and and our last show what it was with uh, jacquees the american one but they did they did jacquees and um, denero they did jacquees um she had just done a boogie and tiger also you know and then we had all this big plan and covid it so the next thing is we have to go live she's never done it before now she's been singing in the crowd you know she she was on bonner boy show sing singing sang with 70 people in 17000 people in front of her and then suddenly right now 
um, suddenly right now she has now asked to be singing for the screen. She don't know when people are there, whether people like it or not. She doesn't know any of these things, right? So we had to do a mindset shift for her because I knew already that this is where my this is where the industry is going. Once I started looking at the COVID thing, I saw the lockdown, I saw the numbers increasing and increasing. I'm like, hey guy, I don't know when this thing is going to happen. We need to start looking at how we're going to start developing this live stream thing. You know, so we started ordering all the things that we required for live stream. And by the end of 2020, she had done 32 live streams. 16 of them were paid. Yes. Because she started doing it, started doing it. I started getting better, I started getting creative, and people started seeing her. And while a lot of people were still saying, ah, oh, live stream is not for me, she's already making money. And this is, this is a testimony about this. When we're doing the 42 shows, that was our debut year that she came out. So we I was using my connection to place her on those stages. So we were running the bill. Nobody was paying us. When she performed in Wembley, we weren't paid for it. I had to lobby the promoters and the team of Bonaboy to let her open and go on the and then go to Manchester with, you know, based on my relationship. When she went on tour with Whiskey, um, well, I wouldn't say that my relationship started it, but our talent kept on in it. Mm. You know, because when she went on tour with Whiskey, everybody saw what she could do. So it wasn't so it's not a matter of just calling, oh, I heard you are doing a show. I'd like to put my daughter, oh yeah, she's good, she's good, she's good, you know. Because they have already seen that she was able to deliver. Uh, so she she has a big role to pay to play in, in that too. But we are not making money. The first money we we, we made from performance came during COVID. Mm-hmm. The first money we made from performance during during COVID. While everybody was like, oh, da, 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 she had her best year in 2020. Wow. She finished wow. with over 5 million streams. Um, she made over, you know, I don't need to tell you, but I mean, she got paid 15, 15 gigs, mm. you know. And um, entering 2021, She's making money already in 21. She's gotten paid about five gigs already in 2021. Um, and because she puts in so much into it, the last two gigs we got in 2021, they actually upped the price themselves. Wow. Yeah. Because when, when I told them to give us an offer, they didn't know what to say. They now looked at all our activities and they gave us double what we have been collecting from all the other shows. You understand? And that's how we have we now set a new price for her. So where I'm going with all of this thing is mindset is important. There is so much a coach can tell you. There is so much um, your management can tell you. If you are not intentional about you wanting to be successful, I'm wasting everybody's time. Mm. You're wasting whoever is financing you, you're wasting their money. Wow. Whoever is managing you, you're wasting their time. You understand? Whoever is spending time talking to you, is, you are wasting the person's time because nothing is going to happen if you don't take action. That's, that is so much wisdom right there. And he gave such great examples and just how the difference, you know, like you said, um, with your daughter's case and just how people, most artists were were sleeping on 2020 um, and, and, and you, you know, 
you're, so it's two gifts in, involved here. You and your impactful gift that you're, you know, coaching through your daughter and, and, and then her talent and, and the hard work and the mindset to push through and, and heed to that and, and, and see the result from it. So I think, I think our listeners are, are, are getting so much um, that they can apply and uh, take to their lives, especially as, as this world has changed and you've got to have, uh, as Lukeman said, a mindset for success. So um, Lukeman, I, I, and I respect your time. And so I, I want, I want to, I want you to um, share. So I'm, I'm going to ask you to share some resources that you can, that you have so people can benefit from that. And then I want to ask you our, our, our signature question that we always ask every guest and, and no one gets this question beforehand. They don't have any preparation for this, but before we get to that, Lukeman, if you could share um, some resources, ways that people, somebody's looking for, to work with you as a coach. And first, let me say this, Lukeman is my coach, you know, my business coach, and he has tremendously um, impacted my business. And I have better systems. I have more peace. I'm more revenue on in a way where I'm not involved as much. Oh man, I'm telling you, um, invest in yourself, invest in a business coach. And I can recommend uh, 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 Lukeman, uh, uh, I'm telling you, he's a great coach, great, great mind. I'm so blessed to have him as a coach and in my ear, in my corner and, and, and pouring into me. So, um, so first I have to say that. So first, um, I know he's going to share some different things that he has, but, but please take, take, uh, take into consideration to develop yourself, to help you get to your next level. You're going to need coaching you're going to need support and you're going to need someone that's been there so um look if you can share some resources some some things that you can uh before i share i'm going to introduce you all to tommy come 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 say hello to everybody that's tommy hey tommy what's going on how are you i can't hear anybody but i hope everyone's doing well congratulations on the juno he said congratulations on the juno thank you yes um so, um, well, I can be reached on all platforms. Um, Lookman, my Instagram handle is Lookman Akombi underscore. Um, I'm on LinkedIn. Um, I'm also on Facebook as Coach Lookman. And then you can also reach me on my website, lookmanakombi.ca. Um, I have my podcast also, Coach Lookman, Mindset Podcast with Coach Lookman. So you can follow that. We're on Google Cast, we're on Spotify. Um, I have a group coaching um, that program that I have running for, for for artists, and then also one for business people. And I also have my one-on-one one-on-one coaching program. All this information you can find on my website. Perfect. But one thing I'm going to let you all know is that um, if when your boat is being ruffled and you need a jockey, you can bet on to take you out of that low tide. Look out for coach. Watch out or reach out to the switch. <laughs> the switch. The switch. <laughs> Love that. The switch. Cool. Yeah. That, 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 that's Lukeman. Coach, coach Lukeman. So, um, Coach Lukeman, we ask listeners this. I mean, we ask guests this question. Um, it's, a, it's a question you may need to think about for a second, but the question is, What's the difference between one's gift and one's purpose? One's gift and one's purpose. One's gift, I mean, someone's gift and someone's purpose, right? 
Hmm, that's a very interesting question. No wonder you didn't let me prepare for that. <laughs> uh, well, your purpose is what drives you. Okay, your gift is what you have. So, I'll give you. Maybe I want to answer this with an example. So maybe that will make it easier for for somebody. My gift. I am a drummer. Okay, I know how to drum. I can play almost any kind of drum, but that's not my purpose. My purpose is to impact people. The moment I could, the moment I stop being able to access people I can impact, my life was now not becoming meaningful. Though I still had drums all around me, if I turn my computer around now, there's a drum right in front of me here. On my wall, there's a drum because I, I live with drums or everywhere. Every corner of my house, my office. I mean, my office now, there are two drums in here. I go into the studio, there are drums. So, but that's not my purpose. That's my gift. That's my release. That's all I enjoy doing. But it's not my purpose. My purpose is to impact people. My purpose is to help people move from point A to point B. My purpose is to see people grow. My purpose is to see people enjoy a better life. My purpose is to see people enjoy a purposeful life. <laughs> you don't have to play drums. <laughs> I don't have to teach them drumming. You know, so that is if I if that has explained it in a in you know that's me. That's my own explanation of gift and purpose. I love that. I, I, I think you you explained it really well. It, it, it's 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 really key what you're saying here that our gift is is not your purpose you know your purpose is 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 bigger than your gift though your gift is important to your purpose um i'm sorry i i, I lied i got one more question for you because That's because of, because of the fact i had the whole, i had the whole evening i had the whole evening for you <laughs> oh, i appreciate you appreciate you um because because we have we do have listeners from all around the world we a uh, large majority of our listeners actually are in nigeria um some in oh, ghana and um as well and um they often don't I, I and i'm speaking in general but i you know they often don't get to hear examples of success stories of african business people that are, are making an impact and making a difference so and sometimes you know there the challenges in africa as you know are different than some of the challenges um, in other countries like the U.S. or Canada, um, and the access to certain things. So, 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 but you're you you are proof that you can you can overcome all of those um, limitations and objections. But what what would you say to the African youth listening to this right now, who feels, um, Coach Lookman, I don't have the opportunities uh, as, some, as some of my contemporaries or some of the people across the world have. There are some limitations that I'm, I'm facing, whether through poor um, government governance in my country or uh, poverty or, or, or whatever it may be. What, and this, is, this goes to you know youth of Africa, but youth around the world. But I'm specifically pointing out Africa because you are from the motherland, and 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 you are you can you can be a source of inspiration and hope for for them because they can see themselves in you. So, what would you say to them when they feel when they feel like I don't have a way out? I don't have. There's no hope for me. Or I think the first thing I would like to tell them is to not to get out of their head because all of that is in their head. 
we need to get out of that story of of there is not thing there for me when i fly into africa on the plane i see lots of expertise on the flight with me when i'm flying out of africa i don't see the expatriates living i see a lot of africans living in africa so it's in their head that you stop that nonsense that um, um i was in africa and um i i grew up there left i came back i had a successful thriving business there um and one thing i realized is there are even more opportunities out there if we can apply ourselves i'll give you an example today in africa the highest paid youtuber in africa is a young lady called emanuela i don't know if you've heard about her so what is our excuse mm. it's not i didn't i didn't say whiskey i didn't say i didn't say vulnerable the person that is getting the highest check as an african from google youtube is emanuela Mm. out of nothing she has created she started with the phone and acting and posting on youtube mm. there is a client of mine um during my free session i'm going to share with everybody in nigeria there is a graphic designer also is this is a is a beneficiary of the free coaching i gave and um, out of our free coaching we were able to identify the same thing everybody is saying they want to go they want to go we are able to identify that no there's nothing to go anymore you already have where you are staying you have free rents so right now with covid you now have access to compete for work i will tell you guys for free i have right now four people four people on my team i've not seen any of them nobody's in toronto with me here three of them are in nigeria one is in vancouver I've not seen anybody. You understand? One of my friends that is just doing similar thing. They are all almost of his own staff are in Philippines and Malaysia. So you can bid for work right now globally. So I told this guy, I said, this is what you do. Say, I don't know. Have you ever heard of? Have you ever tried Fiverr? I don't know anybody knows Fiverr.com. You yeah. know, because he was saying that oh, the event guys are not doing work anymore. But that was it. He was focused on the musicians. And event promoters doing flyers and videos and stuff for them and this guy was he's super good try fiber so i helped him set up fiber i started fiber and i told him go to fiber and start with premium you understand two months later the guy sent me a hundred thousand naira he just sent me that he sent an account he wants to pay me for my for my free coaching he just has to pay me this is somebody that when I was coaching, he was scared. He barely had 20,000 naira to his name. He didn't know. That was one of the reasons why he took it. And all he, was wanting, all he wanted to do was talk to me of how I can help him get to Canada. Mm. That was what he felt. He had to leave Nigeria. And by the time, two months later, he's calling me to pay me for his free session, 100,000 naira. Wow. Which is a equivalent of two hundred and fifty dollars. Wow! You understand? So let nobody fool themselves. There are people here that are worse off than the people back home. And I'll tell you why they are worse off because they even have access to everything. They have access to government grants. They have access to government funding. They have access to good prop uh, light. 
good education. They even get paid to go to school. And yet they will not be able to make anything of their life. Mm. And there are people out there that don't even bother to live. Out in, in, in during this COVID, one of the hottest artists in the Afrobeat world is called Omale. He's in Nigeria there. Yeah. He didn't allow he didn't allow that to defeat his mind and he, he was pushing during COVID. I don't know the hottest right now. Mm. So that's all I can tell anybody. Um your environment, when they say you want to, you need to change your environment. It doesn't need you to leave the country. Mm. Changing your environment means changing your mindset, changing the people around you, changing your relationship, changing your network. Start to stimulate yourself. Maybe you have too many negative people around you. Any little idea you have, they, they face it with negativity. You need to get away from those people. And even go and meet people that just motivate your dream. Even if they are even fooling you. But let them just be motivating you. Yeah change your environment start seeing positivity there's a young inside this covid two nigerian boys just got their um, pay stack just got their company um they um, some american guys is paying 220 million dollars they didn't leave nigeria we are here we haven't gotten any but nobody's buying uh, kiza music with 20 million this is people in nigeria fruta wave now they want to buy Fluta Wave. We're looking at another 500 million deal. Wow. Look at that. You understand? So people need to understand that what's important is their mindset. When mm. they get their mindset straight, they will start to see the opportunity that they are working on top of money everywhere in Africa. Everywhere in Africa. And only the few people, and unfortunately, most of these few people that see these things are mostly expatriates that come in and they see it and then they develop the service and they start to sell it to us wow. and we start to buy it sad but true <laughs> wow so, that, would be, that would be my advice for any youth out there any youth out there there is no gold anywhere the gold is within your subconscious you just have to be able to unlock it True. Once you unlock that gold in your subconscious, all the answers you need are already in your subconscious. I don't have it for you. Yeah. As a coach, all I help you do is unlock your subconscious. I don't have your answers. And don't let any coach come and lie to you or let any spiritual person lie to you that they have your answers. No. You were, you were born and equipped with your answers. You just need to be able to unlock it because it's within you. Good. And the moment you unlock it, you start having a purposeful life. You start seeing opportunities where everybody is seeing sadness. You start seeing where in, in, from challenges, you see challenge as pivot. Everything changes. Mm. Everything changes. Yeah, that's powerful. I'm taking notes as we talk. <laughs> <laughs> that's powerful. Wow. Well, thank you so much, Lewin. Um, Again, we're going to plug all the different areas where they can get connected with you. Your socials, your, your website, lookmanikembi.ca, sorry. And we'll have it all on the show notes. And uh, again, thank you for pouring into the people. I know their lives are tremendously blessed, just like I am. And uh, really, really it's appreciate always, it. It's always a pleasure. And um, please let me know when next you want me back here. Yeah. I have a mission to empower 100,000 people this year. So I am more than happy to spend my time with everybody all the time most important thing guys 
there is knowledge everywhere you yourself can find knowledge online what makes you different from the same guy that found the knowledge is when you take action and how you are intentional about taking the action it's been a real pleasure i'm very humble to have spent this time with you all and i'm gonna wish you all a very very good rest of the year and then we shall be talking soon again <laughs> awesome thank you so much david thank, thank you, you so much, much appreciated you. sir Thank you. <laughs> all right, have a I searched all over the world, struggling to find it. Then I met my boy, David E. Simons. Yeah, I searched all over the world, struggling to find it. Then I met my boy, David E. Simons.